Hey everybody, Hello. welcome back to Friday Night Dinner with Morgan and Rochelle. This is Morgan. This is Rochelle. I never know if I'm supposed to go first. I <laughs> well, I feel like it's with Morgan and Rochelle, so I feel like it's weird to just switch the order. But you're the oldest. That's fair. <laughs> well, so uh, this ep- we're on episode 11, season 2, episode 11, Secrets and Loans. Uh, but before we get into the episode, Morgan, I wanted to read some messages we got from social media and via email since we caught ourselves up yeah we're we're all caught up but we did get a few things that came in this email is from tuesday read which i think is a cool name it is cool wait wait their name is tuesday like their actual name tuesday read yeah that's so cool isn't that a cool name i thought it was maybe like an instagram handle no tuesday is so cool it's like wednesday yeah but but cooler but it came first so Tuesday wrote, Dear Morgan, Rochelle, Nugs, and any cats that might be present, which is the best way to intro an email. And everyone forgets about Rudy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, so do That's I. Okay, you do too. <laughs> yeah, I forgot his name, so. Uh, first of all, my name is Tuesday Reed. I am 12 years old, and my pronouns are they, them. Thank you for specifying that, Tuesday. I live in Adelaide, South Australia, in a small town with less people than Stars Hollow, so I can relate to that at least. I wanted to talk about the Gilmore Girls' love life from the perspective of a 12-year-old. I don't like Rory very much just because of how we really don't get a good character arc with her, and I see her as pretty one di- as a pretty one-dimensional person. Okay, unpopular opinion Tuesday. I actually totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. I really don't like any of her relationships because I think she pretty much cheats on nearly everyone somehow. She cheats on Dean with Jess, on Lindsay with Dean, and she is still cheating with Logan in a year in the life, which shows me that she hasn't really grown. Also, you made me not hate Dean, and I feel like I have a better picture of the whole situation now. I can cut Rory some slack in year in the life, but I really did expect a bit more from her, to be honest. After all, she is 32 at this point. Mm -hmm. In terms of Lorelai's relationships, we all know she belongs with Luke because he was already a part of her life, and she didn't need to change anything to be with him. With Chris, she already had literally run away from him and his entire world. Jason is the same sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Max, on the other hand, I just see as casual dating gone wrong. And yes, I totally agree that she is stunted at 16 because I imagine that an experience like that would be very traumatic for someone that young. And lastly, I had a really short oven story. When I was around five, I really wanted a smoothie, but I simply couldn't figure out how to get it all smooth and runny. So doing the only thing that was at my height put the whole blender... So I, doing the whole thing, the only thing that was at my height, put the whole blender in the oven, which of course melted everywhere. That's hilarious. Oh, it's great. Last of all, I would just like to thank you guys so, so much for sometimes being the only bright spot in my day. And I have probably listened to each one of your episodes at least five times. And you guys uh-huh. have become as much a comfort show as Gilmore Girls is. All the best, Tuesday. P.S. I really can't tell your voices apart, so I have no idea who is... Who? Hopefully someday I'll figure it out. <laughs> That's so great. Which is funny because I feel like our voices are super different. Yeah. Like, I wonder if maybe somebody from Australia or England that has speaks the same language but, but has an accent maybe would have a harder time telling us apart. And I only say that because when I listen to like English hosts, yes. I have a hard time telling them that apart. That makes sense. Unless it's like super distinct, like yeah. male, female voices or something yeah. like that, you know? I didn't even think about that. Well, Tuesday, I can't believe that you're 12. Yeah. You have excellent insights. Excellent insights. Um, thank you for sharing them. Yeah, thank you. Um, Sophie C. wrote to us on Instagram. Sophie said, hi again. I'm so sorry to continue bothering you, but I have some thoughts that have sprung up after listening to your most recent episode. Sophie, you are never bothering us. Number one. I completely agree that all of Rory's boyfriends should be held to the same standard, but I also think that a reason that I am team late Jess is because he wasn't given everything, and though he should be held to the same standard, he becomes the kindest and grew up with nothing, while both Logan and Dean come from families that support them, one emotionally and one fiscally. Mm. 100% agree with that, Sophie. When I say that they should be judged by the same standard, I mean more by if you're going to hold one of them to a standard of like, well, he did this. I think you need to look at all of them equally. So if you say Dean yeah, cheated, but you do it in a biased way. That's true. This is Morgan speaking, by the way. You'll you'll <laughs> you'll give De- like you'll be like, oh, we need to judge him by the same standard. But I think that her point is you can't really always judge him by the same standard because it's like the way that Dean acts at 15, 16, or whatever how old they are, 16 years old. And the way that Jess acts at 16 years old, you could be like, wow, Jess is way worse than Dean sure, in this sure, situation. Sure. But again, you can't judge them by the same knife because it's not a right. black and white situation. Jess has had basically no moral yeah. compass for, from his life. You know what I mean? I think I mean by judgment, I mean if you're going to say that one of them does one thing, then you need to look at what the other one does. So for example, my example is Dean cheats. Yes. So does Logan. So we can't just say, well, Dean's a cheater. 
and give Logan a pass, even though Logan is also a cheater. That's what I no, mean no, no, by no, 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 no. I agree, holding but, them but to that standard. But that's the thing is, you're saying it's black and white, and it's not. Let's say, I feel like cheating is too hot of a subject that people get angry about. Let's say lying. Dean lies, Jess lies. You'll be like, they're both liars. You can't say one of the... But you have to look at the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe Jess grew up in a... Well, this is a maybe. This is a lot of hypotheticals because I can't think of a better way to say it. Jess grew up in a home where he was lied to constantly all the time. All he knows is lying and right. that's how you get through a relationship. So it's not the same. Yeah. It's... it's but he, he still lied to Rory. Because one knows better. You know what I mean? Sure. Versus one doesn't. But knowing better doesn't mean... Like, for example, if we're just looking at it legalistically knowing better or having intentions behind certain things doesn't mean that the action is any less worse on the person that it occurred to no no it's still just as painful for the person that it's being inflicted and i'm upon. looking at it that However, perspective i'm looking at it how it affects rory yeah okay but but placing blame nobody cares about rory well i mean i don't care about rory but i'm saying I'm, but we, we were talking about rory. these people just in general like you were defending dean as a person you know what i right. mean i feel like Generally speaking, though, you can't place everybody on the same level because it's about, like, it's like equity and equality, basically. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Well, I I guess I don't, as much as I don't love young Jess, I also recognize that he doesn't come from the same background as Dean does. And so I do think that I give him that, I constantly give him that benefit of the doubt of, like, well, I understand why he was so terrible. And I think that that's why I like him so much when he's older because he has that huge character arc and becomes a really amazing person all by himself. Yeah, I recognize that exactly. 100%. I'm looking more at their, at if we're judging just actions, mm-hmm. not personality-wise, not like, well, why are they that way? Just as yeah. in, if you say that Dean lies to Rory, you have to then look at, well, does Jess ever lie to Rory? No, does yeah. Logan ever I, lie to and Rory? And I think that we're saying the same thing in a different way. Yeah. And it's also, like, sometimes I also found that, um, like, there were things that Logan did that, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, holy crap, how horrible is that? And then there were other times where I was like, but Logan has an inordinate, inordinate amount of pressure on him from yes. his family. Absolutely. You know, that's his whole life. His Absolutely. whole life is his, his family's expectations. So maybe his reaction to running off to Vegas or whatever right. is is seems very immature and stupid but it's like right. when all the pressure of to you what his entire world is so basically the pressure pressure of the world is on you mm-hmm. maybe you would act rashly just like Rory acts rashly because her grandpa just died yes. so it's like i feel like yeah it's just more of like it's almost what's like you the can't, situation what's the background what's you know what i mean i think we're both saying you can't isolate an incident in no, just yeah, different ways exactly. i'm saying you can't isolate it to like prove somebody is bad for like your own benefit like if you're anti-dean you can't use his cheating as an isolated incident just like you can't say well logan treats her like this way and that's bad because well pull back it is his whole world that's his family has put all this pressure on him so you can't isolate that i feel like i understand though i feel like the confusing thing is is when you say that you have to hold them all to the same standard that might that not be the right does, wording. It, it comes yeah. across as, like, I get that we probably are thinking the same thing, but but I can understand yeah. also where, she, where she's coming from. Totally. Like, it sounds like it's like, let's put them all Yeah, I don't know how best to say it. I, I need to think of a better way to explain it. I guess... I think I get what you're saying. I guess I just want to look at it, it without isolating incidents, really, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. I also hate the idea of Team Dean or Team Jess or Team... Like, I hate that because it's so... What's the word I'm looking for? It just boils it down so simplistically, and there really isn't a simple answer or approach to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, number two, besides year in the life, I truly believe Rory met and had relationships with each of the boys at the right time. In some way, she grew from all of them. Totally agree. Agree. Number three, Dean was the perfect first boyfriend. Watching the earliest seasons of Gilmore Girls makes me crave Rory's life so badly. She works hard and does well in school. She has a kind boyfriend and a loving mother. That's why it's hard to watch Rory deteriorate into a spoiled girl who doesn't have to work for anything. And even when it seems like she does, she always has the option to get help from her grandparents. Number four, I also just wanted to point out that every single one of Rory's boyfriends were in a worse place, at least short term, after dating her. Dean ends up in a failed marriage. Jess ends up sleeping on his long-lost dad's couch. And Logan has just been rejected and ends up cheating on his fiance with her. Love <laughs> Basically, Rory makes more Rory's the problem. everybody as she goes along. Which supports my theory that Rory is the worst. 
Love the podcast and sorry for this rant of a message. Yeah. Sophie, I feel bad for it. the people who love the show because, I mean, I love the show, but I'm just saying I love the show, but I also don't like Rory. Oh, I don't like Rory. I know that that's probably really unpopular, no. but, you know, I feel like she's a terrible person sometimes. You know, it's really funny. Our friend Lizzie was rewatching Gilmore Girls and had posted on Instagram. She asked a poll, who do you think the show is about? Is it about Lorelai or is it about Rory? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because she and I both agreed when I was younger and I first watched the show, it was about Rory because that was the life stage I was at. Now as I watch it, I identify a lot more with Lorelai and I think the show is about Lorelai, which I'm sure people will fight me on. They'll say, no, it's, pro- it's more about Rory or whatever. But I think when I was younger, isn't I identified... It about them both? Isn't that why it's I think the so. Girls? But I think <laughs> like you identify with a certain character based on where you are in life. And right now, I identify so much more with Lorelai so that when Rory does things like she does in this episode that we'll talk about... It annoys me because I don't like Rory as an adult. Okay, so that's really interesting because I feel like even when I was a kid, I thought the show was about Lorelai. Interesting. So it's really, that's interesting. I'm just curious yeah. what that says. Right. Like, but I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I also feel like when I watched the show when I was a kid, I didn't find either of these two women as annoying as I do as an adult. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, neither of them. Yeah. Like a... I feel like, well, I don't even know if, I can't even say I agreed with everything they did. I just was more passive about yeah, it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like I have much stronger opinions now. I guess now I also just, again, it com- comes back to judging them on the same the same level, but mm-hmm. also like you were saying with their background. I give Lorelai a lot more benefit of the doubt now because of how she was raised and they, like what she went through, whereas Rory, I kind of don't give her as much leeway yeah. because she was given everything as a kid other than like a stable father. She still acts like a terrible spoiled brat, which I think you can blame Lorelai for some of. But oh, yeah. I definitely am a lot harder on Rory, I think, now no, I as think, an adult. I, I think we're probably the same there. I agree. Um, Gray wrote to us on Instagram, Hi, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I am literally listening to your newest episode as I type. I was just wondering why Morgan dislikes Lindsay. I feel like the show didn't show us that much of her. I haven't watched the season in a while, so maybe I might have missed something, but I'm just curious. Do I just... I don't... So you mentioned... Did I say I just... I think you mentioned in our email episode that the show kind of sets you up to not like Lindsay and she's kind of obnoxious. Here's the deal. (laughs) The show sets you up supposedly to like Lorelai and Rory, right? You root for the main characters. You know what I mean? Like even when they do dumb things. Yeah. And Rory wants Dean and you kind of see Dean being this hardworking guy who's going to work all the time and is wife Lindsay is like home messing up cooking like always being like why don't we do what I want to do and okay so I don't I mean maybe I'm misinterpreting this but I feel like Lindsay all the time is like bugging Dean somehow Mm -hmm. like and and we only get to see that like one side of it we see the one side where basically like she almost comes across as kind of an idiot I don't know why maybe that's just my interpretation but she to me she comes across as like very shallow yes and like I don't think that's just your interpretation and and the show I feel like purposely contrasts Rory and and Lindsay Rory has all these deep thoughts about books and stuff like that and um you know where it's like you have no it's kind of like the the assumption that this person has no understanding of things beyond super no shallow there's yeah. no depth to yeah. her and i feel like that's sort of what the show sets up for Lindsay. yeah i don't think i personally hate Lindsay. i think that she's a fine person for someone else yeah i don't think that Lindsay and dean were ever that good together i mean and maybe they might have been if they, dean i had never been, been with rory yeah. but dean goes from rory who and I'm saying it's the person who doesn't like Rory, but Rory has a lot of opinions and she's she's got, you know, depth and understanding beyond her years. And then he goes to Lindsay, who is kind of like a, doesn't have like the drive that Rory has and, yeah. and wants to, like, I can't remember what the things she says she wants to do, you know, like, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. But anyways, he goes from Rory to her and I feel like there's just this, dissatisfaction almost like they just weren't a good pair so I don't know if I necessarily hate Lindsay or anything like that I just think that they weren't a good pair and the show 
the show sets you up to not want Lindsay and Dean to be together. Yeah. It sets you up to be like, wow, look at how unhappy he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, look at how needy I think she that's is. what I'm saying. At, yeah. yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't know if I necessarily say I... Maybe I did say I don't like her. I don't know. Maybe I just said it without thinking. I don't... I don't feel like I actively hate her. Like, I don't have anything against her character. Right, right. Um, Because there's definitely characters in the show I don't like. I don't think I would have included her as one of them. Yeah. Um, But I think what I'm just trying to say is I feel like the show sets you up to... To want her to not be with Dean. Yeah. To want want Rory to succeed That makes sense. I agree. Yeah. That is all. Uh, Now we are fully caught up on all our messages. Mm -hmm. I say that, but I bet things will come in Mm -hmm. (laughs) this week. Uh, Morgan, do you want to recap what happened last episode? It was a while ago. It was the Bracebridge dinner. Yes. Okay, so last episode, Lorelai and uh, Suki are supposed to be hosting this huge Bracebridge dinner for this group, but the group's flight is like snowed in or something like that. And so they're like, wow, we have all this food. It's already been paid for. All these people who practice for their roles... Why don't we invite our friends and family mm-hmm. basically for a giant sleepover and throw the Bracebridge dinner for them? Yeah. Which is like, again, one of my favorite episodes. It's one of the greatest episodes. Because it's like a big giant sleepover. Yeah. Um, and Lorelai finds out that Richard has quit his job, and so does Emily. Yeah. And they basically are having this like giant falling out over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it, right? That's about it. Okay, yeah. Good. Oh, and then there's the whole Jess in the sleigh interaction oh, yes, thing yes. that we talked about. So Jess keeps hitting on Rory. Yes. So secrets and loans. We start this episode, of course, at Luke's diner, the illustrious Luke's diner. Lorelai is on her sixth cup of coffee, which I resonate with heavily, and she's waiting for Rory. And Rory arrives with her PSAT scores. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the PSATs? I don't think I ever... I, well, first of all, I, I didn't take the SATs. I super vaguely remember. The, but I think the PSATs you take in school. Do you take them in school? You take them I in can't school even remember. I remember. Oh, you're right. Them. You're right. I, I only think the only reason I remember it is because I found that like results in like my baby box. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I have them. I only took the ACT. I didn't take the SATs. I don't know why. You didn't take the SAT? No, I only took the ACT. I had to take both. I don't know why. I think because I applied, I knew I was going straight to a community college oh. to save money. And you own, you don't need... Need that. I, I don't think you need either of them for a community college, if I remember correctly. And so I was like, I'll just take the ACT. Don't quote me on that. It might have changed. It might That might be completely wrong. But I only took the ACT, I remember. I think I just took them because I knew, like, I felt like I should. I mean, yeah. it was good that I did because I ended up needing them. Right. But... Um, yeah, I, I remember taking them. For so time. Rory shows up and shares her PSAT scores, and it turns out oh, that wait, she got... Should we clarify what those are? Is that like a cross-the-world thing, or SAT is oh, the thing that everywhere Basically, everywhere it's takes? a standardized test that you have to take in the United States uh, before you exit high school and Apply in order to, to enter college. Colleges request either your SAT or ACT scores. Some of them want one or ACT the other. I think ACT is specific to California. Yeah, ACT say. might be just California. I can't remember. Um, but again, I don't know if SATs are a thing all over the world. They might not be. But for those of you who are it's, listening what is from it, all standardized over the world, American testing or something? I have no idea what it's just Anyway, for. sorry. It's been so long somebody, since I've taken it that somebody I Somebody actually wrote to us, and I, I don't know. Did I read this on the last one where they said, like, please don't assume that we're, like... Oh, I think somebody wrote to us on Instagram and was like, you know, love, love the podcast. Uh, Rochelle, you mentioned in one of the pop culture corners, like, but everybody knows what that is. And like, I'm not from the United States. So like, what me- was it? Do you I know? don't remember. They, I don't, I don't think they remembered, but they were basically saying like, just remember that not all your listeners are in the United States. So we might not know, like, even if it seems like it's something that everybody would know. And I was like, that's a really good point. I totally forgot. So I apologize I didn't look up the SATs for Pop Culture Corner because it's one of those things that right, I just so assume everybody so, yeah. knows. So anyway, so the SATs are a standardized test that you take to get into college. The yeah. PSATs are basically something you don't like go to take them. They're usually given at your high school. They're, they stand for pre-SATs. Yeah. So they're taken before the SATs. It's just to prepare And you. it's basically like a... This is how well you might do on the SATs exactly. kind of a thing. Right. So that if you, like, don't do well, you know how to study or... So the funny thing is the PSATs kind of in reality are so unimportant because yeah. they don't count towards anything. Anything. Like, nothing is rated off of your PSATs. These right. are like They're, like, more of just to give you an idea of how you might be yeah. might do on the SATs and what you need to study on. And so the fact that they're even talking about it here and it's such a big deal is so funny to me because... The PSATs came and went with absolutely no importance yeah. when I was in high school because nobody cared about them. You just had to do them. It was funny, though. So Lorelai or Rory says, 
is confused because she got higher in math than in verbal, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious because she's like, verbal's my thing. And Lorelai's like, no, verbal's my thing. Yeah, I know. I thought that I love. was funny. But I do think that's funny that she did score higher in math than she did in verbal. We finish at Luke Steiner. She's got her PSAT scores, whatever. They're going to go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show to celebrate. Lorelai tries to get Luke to dress up as Dr. Frankenfurter and come with them, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, of course, he says he will not be attending. So then this next scene is one of our favorites. Actually, when Morgan opened the door today when I arrived to I was podcast, singing this song. She was singing Que Sera, Sera. So Lorelai <laughs> takes her cup of coffee out on the porch. And it's like this beautiful, brilliant day. She like walks down with her robe on, pours herself a cup of coffee, smiles at her daughter, walks out on the porch, and her foot falls through the porch. Turns out they have termites. A smorgasbord, a smorgasbord of termites. So Kirk comes, takes a look, and there apparently are termites. And apparently it's going to cost about 15 grand to fix the foundation of the house. So Okay, okay, I have to say something here. I was watching this scene, and what I think is odd is... So he tells her it's going to be about $15,000. And Lorelai says these words. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She goes, $15,000... I don't have $15,000. I've never had $15,000. Right. That's what she says. Okay, how I'm sorry. I don't understand the concept. How in the world did what is not explained in this show and what makes no sense still to this day, how did Lorelai buy this yeah, house? Yeah, it makes no sense. And you know that she bought it because if she rented it, she wouldn't have to be worried about right. the termite damage well, because we the landlord would it. have to fix it. We know she owns it because she she's taken it, out but, two loans But on you've it. never had $15,000. How did you buy a house yeah. if you've never had fifteen? Because like, because... Because I know that people buy houses on loans and then pay a mortgage. Right. But to buy a house, you're basically you still in have to, almost yeah. any situation required to pay a down payment. Yep. And I cannot picture a house yeah. the size of her house having a down payment that she could pay less than fifteen thousand dollars for. I mean, Can't, you have to have enough. I mean, I understand that bank. this is Connecticut and not it doesn't California. Matter. But I, but how have you? And also, she's. Buying a hotel, like she's buying a, an inn. An inn. Yeah. She's trying to purchase an inn yeah. with her friend. How is have, she? Yeah. Like she's, I just, I cannot, I don't know. I was watching this scene yeah. and, I, and I'm just, I'm so annoyed with the show for this big it overlap. Make, it doesn't make they any sense. They never explain how in the world she bought a house. She worked as a maid. Yeah. For years. It doesn't matter how much you save up. You have to have enough in the bank in order for them to give you a loan. Not only do you have to have a down payment amount, but you also have to have enough in your bank account for closing in order costs for and yes, all these closing, And also if something were to happen and you needed to like make your first and last month payment, like you have to have enough to cover that. The fact that she's never had 15,000 in the bank, even if this was 20 years ago, I bet you if we asked mom and dad what their down payment was for the house that they bought when I was, so it was over 30 years ago, was probably still at least $15,000. Yeah, I can't even... I don't know. It makes me annoyed because I feel like there's been a lot of times in the show where we've brought up how in the world did she buy this yeah. house? And there's that episode where she talks about how many years she's been the general manager of the Dragonfly. I mean, yeah. the, sorry, the Independence Inn for. And so that means before that, she was basically had worked her way up from being a maid. So I'm assuming somebody right. who worked at the front desk and like... Right. You don't make that much money working in a no. hotel under no. that position. Right. And so it's like... How I just can't. Yeah, I don't no, understand. It make, they don't explain it at all, and it so all no you sense. can assume is somehow her parents help her. But she talks about how she did it on her own. Yeah. So clearly they didn't help her. But the thing that makes me, I think that I get so heated. The reason why I'm so upset about this is because I hate when shows and movies, and I know that this is asking a lot because they all do this. They right. set up real unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Like it's so unfair. Like Morgan, it's like welcome to Hollywood. It's so unfair. <laughs> it's like. It's like, wow, look at Lorelai. She made it all well, on her okay. own and has a house and a daughter. Actually, and it's like, you don't have a kid at 16 and work as a maid and somehow magically on your own can afford a house. Right. You know what I mean? That, like, it actually reminds me of that. Did you see that meme that's going around or that thing that's going around that was basically like millennial cuts out or stops buying avocado, avocado toast, toast for one year and is able to put it down. Oh my gosh. I was reading a real article. It was like, it wasn't an onion article. An onion is a satire site. But it, it was a real article about like five 
millennial kids who managed to buy a house on their own. Right. Every single kid got help from one way or yeah. another from their parents. So it wasn't on their own. And I'm like, why do you do this? Like, right. And like, and like people will be like, oh, I did it on my own. It's but hard, y'all. I was also living at my parents' house and not having to pay rent. It's like, that's not on your own. Yeah. If you were living at your parents' house and not paying rent, yeah. you were able to save up a lot more money yeah. than people who were paying more than a mortgage and rent, at least where we live. I mean, it like, took me, I did it on my own and it took me almost till I was 30. And it's only a condo it's not even like a yeah. like a house house you know it, what I, I mean? don't know it was just frustrating this it whole is thing frustrating. was frustrating because i hate when people like especially about buying houses yeah it's like my favorite thing is when like and our parents have said this and other like parents like gen what is that gen xers or i don't even know the basically the generation before us will always be like i was able to do it and i'm like you inflation has changed things especially if you live in the bay area in california it is a different world like our mom was able to like get a job at a company without having a college degree in her company you could not do that now at the same company she's at requires a minimum of a bachelor's degree oh absolutely she would never have been able to get that job technically didn't even graduate from high school and our, our parents when they bought their house they bought their house for a quarter of the price of a condo yeah. is today. Yeah. And the amount that people make has not gone up no. that much since then. But what I'm saying is like people are like, oh, well, it costs less then, but because people were making less and they make a lot more now. If you were to take what what they made then or what the minimum wage was then versus now, the amount, the multiplier of it's that not the same. Yeah. is not the same versus it's like, I mean, it's just, it's just totally different. Yeah. Anyways, it just, this is my big frustration. No, it's a like, peppy for sure. Because people are like, people say it like it's no big deal. And I'm like, what I pay in rent is more than most of my friends' mortgages. Yeah, it's crazy. I just, the whole thing is insane. It's all but, insane. Anyways, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about it oh, and I it forgot. frustrates me. It does drive me nuts. Like, when she said that, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Hold the phone. So uh, Excuse me? Like, so we go to uh, Chilton. Paris is, of course, trying to get everybody's PSAT scores out yeah, of them because of them. she wants to gloat about her own. And Rory refuses to tell her what and her Rory's PSAT score is. better than she did. Yeah, she did. Only by a little bit. Yeah. Only on... Uh, I think they got the same. Oh, I thought they got the same math, but different verb. Like no, Rory, I think got it was a, Rory got like a seven forty and a seven sixty or something, something like that. Yeah, I think she only scored a little bit higher. I love that Paris is like, well, how did you do? And she's like, oh, I'm pretty happy with it. And she's like, well, what's your standard for happiness? Like, are you one of those people that gets like happy looking at a sunset? You know? Yeah. And I love that uh, as Rory walks away, Paris yells, "I hate looking at sunsets, so my standard for happiness is high." Yes. <laughs> Which I love. And also. I like that she's not only trying to get everyone else's PSAT scores out of out of them, she's trying to get anyone to ask, ask her what yeah. her PSAT scores. We all know those people that like needle you oh to like ask gosh. them about themselves. All the time. Oh my gosh. So we get back to the house and Lorelai can't sleep because she can hear the termites chewing, chewing their way through the wood. Which this reminds me of so she goes and wakes Rory up. And it's like, we can't sleep here. Like, I can hear the termites. And then, of course, Rory is like, you're being silly. But then she can't sleep because she can hear the termites. And they're walking to Suki's. And you know that feeling when you think that there's, like, when you think of, like, spiders on you. And then you can't stop feeling spiders on you. They, like, do that with the termites. I'm like, oh, that, like, reminds me of, like, when you can't stop feeling, like, an ant is on you or something. Yes. Or, like, you're watching a, um... You're watching a show and there's like a bunch of bugs yes. in it. And then all of a sudden you feel like those bugs are on you. Right. So they go to Suki's. And I love that Lorelai like called her like 20 or 30 times for herself before she picks up the phone. But something I thought and then Suki ended up saying it. Why didn't they just go stay at the inn? Like there's got to be a room oh, at the inn. Yeah. That they could. Why, why did they have to go to Suki's? Like why couldn't the Lorelai okay, have just I had been, to like, find out for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I rewinded. So... Um, Paris got a 750 math and a 730 verbal okay, and Rory so got a, a 760 math and a 740 verbal. So Rory okay. did 10 points better in both. So yeah, I'm I just sorry. thought it was really weird. I was like, why didn't they just go stay at the inn? Like there's got to have been a room yeah. at the inn that they could have stayed That's at. That's a good they point. I never have to go to Suki. That. Like she literally works for an inn. Yeah. Like they're walking around. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Why are they going to like, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, so they get to Suki's and she's like, oh, I'll make milkshakes and we'll do all these things. And they're like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. So she's like, all right, straight to the milkshakes it is. 
So she's making the milkshakes and Laura is telling her all about how like she needs $15,000 to pay for this place and like she doesn't know how she's going to do it. And then they hear something in the closet. Okay, also Suki's house is so nice. It is and really it's cute. right next to downtown. It's really cute. Suki's house is actually like cuter than Lorelai's house. I'm 100%. Not gonna lie. Although I do know that it's actually the back of Lorelai's house. Oh, the, is it? Prop, it's also like right next filming. to downtown. Which yeah. I think it's cute. So, like, it'd be a great place to live in like real life if you lived there. It would be a great place, actually. I like her screened in porch. I know. So, Suki, we hear a sound in the closet. And Jackson is hiding in... Suki literally shoved him into the closet. <laughs> also, okay, Lorelai and Rory had to walk over from their house. It's just funny that they didn't drive in the right, middle of the night. They right. walked over from their house, but she only had time to shove him in the closet. Like, wouldn't she have time to, like, pack up a bag so he right. can go home? Also, that fridge did not close. Also, there's it's- two fridges, which I always thought was hilarious. Um... And so Jackson's hiding in the closet because she didn't want them to be uncomfortable and also because he's in his Xerox wrestling pajamas, yep. which I think is really funny. Do you think those were real pictures of him? Like I don't there? know, but I think it's hilarious how bad they are. Yeah, like, they're really bad. I, like Xerox photos, like you think it would be like an outline of yeah. his, himself, but it's like straight up like squares all right. over the pajamas. I'm like, this is horribly done. Also, I do appreciate that they're eating Haagen-Dazs ice cream oh, because that is the best ice I literally cream. was just looking... Hands oh my gosh, Rudy's at the store. I could text him right now to bring home Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Tell me at the coffee because coffee's the best. Suki ends up saying, like, there's got to be a place, you know, you could have stayed at the inn, basically. And I'm like, that's what I was thinking as well, Suki. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. Lorelai had called all these banks, basically, to see if she could get a loan. And she was not only turned down by them, but they passed the phone around so that she could ask each of them <laughs> and they could laugh at her, which I think is hilarious. And... You know, Rory's like, Mom, you're an upstanding citizen of this town. Like, you, like, somebody's going to give you a loan. Like, you, like, okay, how does Lorelai have time to do all of the things that she does for the town? Like, she made all the donkey costumes. It makes no she sense. played Tevye like in The yes, Fiddler on the Roof. She's like, she's I, like, she's also a general manager of a hotel. My husband was a general manager of a very large hotel. Yes. Not an inn, a large, like, multi-hundred holding person right. by SFO, the San Francisco International Airport Hotel, he worked all the time. Yeah. Like, no, barely any time off. Like, there is right. no, like, how, how? It doesn't make sense how she has time Especially to Especially because she's things. got, like, three employees. So I'm yeah. like, how does she have time to do all of, like, okay, I get that she's not, like, dating anybody really, and, but, like, she still has a kid. And I she know. still has, like, Friday night dinner. So that's, like, and she's going to business school. So oh, I'm my like, gosh. Yes. How does she have all this time Again, to, like, do another all unrealistic stuff? Hollywood thing. It makes like, no sense. Oh, the perfect mom can work full-time hours somehow, like, enough that she's able to hold this position. Exactly. Also go to school. Also raise a dog. Like, I exactly. just, it's just so unrealistic. So the next day, Rory goes to Kim's Antiques to talk to Lane and Mrs. Kim, like, shoes her out with, like, a broom and is, like, spraying at the ground because she thinks she termites. sees termites moving. And Rory's like, I don't think you can, like, She's like, every, everything is uh, made of wood here. Yeah. Which she does have a point. But also, like, humans are not, like, carriers of termites. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So then we get to the house. And, well, first of all, Madeline calls. Madeline? So, yes. bas- yeah, basically... Um, Paris is trying to yes. figure out Rory's PSAT score. So she gets like Madeline to call and try and convince her that she needs to know her PSAT scores. What is it for, for a an paper, article? For an article right? in the paper. And Rory's like, put Paris on the phone, basically. And she's like, I'm not telling you my scores. So then they're going to go to Friday night dinner, and Rory brings up, Why don't you just ask Grandma yeah. and Grandpa for a loan? And, and okay, I want to talk about this. Lorelai refuses. She's like, I already asked. She's like, well, you did it for Chilton. And Lorelai's like, that was for you. And that was something I had to do in order for your future to be secure. Okay, but also, I'm sorry. Isn't keeping her house. Okay, just to play devil's advocate. Isn't keeping her house standing also for Rory? I was going to ask about that. Do you think that Lorelai refusing to ask her parents for money is her being just stupidly stubborn? Or... Her recognizing that if I ask them for money, there's going to be strings. And also, I don't want to keep asking my parents for things. I want to do this on my own. I feel both ways. I feel completely split about this because part of me knows she doesn't want to ask for money from her parents, mostly because of pride. Yes. But 
also can appreciate that she doesn't want to have to ask her parents for money for something that she should be able to handle in her head. So I can yeah. see both sides of it. I also I also recognize that she's 100% right that there will be strings. No matter what, Richard and Emily, well, Emily specifically, has never given her reason to think that there won't be strings. Yeah. So I get why she's like, I don't want any more strings with my parents. I left that world for a reason. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep crawling back to... Also, I think it's a point of pride because she did leave them. And she's like, I don't think it's right for me to like leave them and take their granddaughter away and then come crawling back anytime I need money. I yeah. get that too. Like I would kind of be ashamed, not ashamed, but I would be like, it's not right for me to walk away from them, but then only come to them every time I need money yeah. and not really talk to them otherwise. Like that's not cool either. So I do think there's a little bit of integrity in it, even though it might be covered or motivated by pride. I think there is integrity to saying like, I made this decision to walk away. It's on me now. I think that that's actually kind of a really mature thing for Lorelai to do. To not go crawling back to yeah. her parents for money when she knows she actually could. Yes, there would be strings attached, but you know Richard and Emily, if she just went to it and said, listen, my daughter needs a roof over her head, you know that they would give her the money. Yeah. And I do appreciate that she doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And again, I don't agree or disagree about like if it's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. I think that I can appreciate that she doesn't want to. Yeah take advantage of her parents but also can fully realize that the biggest reason she doesn't want to is because she yeah. doesn't because of pride I do I mean? think it's very disrespectful I will just say for Rory to go behind her back I agree I actually I think was it's gonna I thought that was what you were gonna ask me I thought that's what you were gonna yeah. ask me and I, and I was about to say this is her mother's thing to handle and this is her mother's parents yeah and even though it's Rory's grandparents it's not Rory's place to be asking for money on behalf of yeah. her mom although I will play I'm gonna take your devil's advocate uh hat and I am gonna say I I fully uh think that what Rory did was wrong but I will say that I'm up I think part of it the blame part of the blame is on Lorelai because Lorelai blurs the lines between best friend and parent too much with Rory that when she's actually serious about parental things it's hard for yeah, Rory to recognize right. that she's being serious because so often they are more best friends and, and Lorelai rarely play, plays the parent card so when she does I do think it's actually really hard for Rory to recognize when her mom's being serious yeah. about something so I will say that as much as I think that it was disrespectful that Rory did it I do understand when Rory can't always pick up on no mom is actually serious about this yeah. and she's paying, playing the parent card mm -hmm. here. I do also want to note that, um, so before they, before Rory blurts out about the termites, Lorelai is like taking aspirin or something and Emily's asking her if she has a headache and Emily says, you work too hard. She recognizes that her daughter works really hard yeah. and I do, I, I like to point those moments out. But it's out. also a little bit of a condescending thing to it say is. because also in Lorelai's position, she position she doesn't really have another choice but to work too hard. right right you know what I mean? but i do want to recognize i think that a lot of the times we at least she acknowledges we, but, it yeah yeah i think that sometimes we we're hard on emily and i will say that as much as she doesn't want to admit it she does recognize when like character traits of her daughter that i think she admires mm -hmm. and i think that she does admire that lorelei works so hard yeah and that's not lost on her which i will you know i yeah, want to right. out. so so Emily finds out about the termites and is like, I'm going to write you a check. And Lorelai's like, Mom, I don't want your money. I don't want to discuss this. And she doesn't talk to Rory for the rest of the evening. Like, they get home and Rory's like, are you going to talk to me? And Lorelai's like, no, you went behind my back. I told you I have it handled. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. And I get why Lorelai's mad, 100%. I think that she's justified. I think she has every I, right to be I mad. I think it was really messed up. And also sort of like private. Yeah. This yeah. This is a struggle that Lorelai's going through. I can't imagine it's something she's overtly proud of oh either. yeah and for rory to go and like say it to her parents yes who, who lorelei feels like she's had to prove herself to yep. forever yep. like it's embarrassing almost and yeah. it's private it's her private business yeah. you know what i mean like well it goes back to that pride issue yeah it's like she is trying to make it on her own but yeah it's got to be really hard to be like wow i can't even provide for my own daughter even though i walked away from people yeah. that would have been able to also, they make it very clear that the snow in this scene is very fake because she's sitting on a step that yeah. would be soaking <laughs> <In a skirt. laughs> wet while there's snow out. So Dean, uh, she meets Dean outside of school, and she's she's a little upset because she and her mom had a fight, which she picks on right picks up on right away, and he's basically like, 
tell, you know, he asked her to tell him what happened. And she says, basically, like, my mom is being stubborn. And he basically implies, which he has every right to, that that might be a trait that they both share. Among, uh, which she does say, among your many wonderful qualities that you two share, you both have a tendency to dig your heels in. Yeah. Which I think is really true. And I do like that Dean, this is a, a scene where I point to it and I'm like, Dean listens and he he knows them well enough and he gives really good advice to Rory. Like, it's going to blow over. You know, like, you're both this way. It's going to be okay. You've done, like, you've had these before. You always get over it. Um, I, I like the scene between them. I think it's a really good indication of how they can talk to each other and how well they do know each other. Mm-hmm. And so basically he offers to, like, buy her coffee and whatever. So they're on their way to get coffee. And Rory realizes that the cheerleaders that they see... Lane is one of them. And she runs away? Yes. So, okay, I want to ask about this. How did Mrs. Kim approve of Lane being a cheerleader? I Can don't we talk know. about that? I cannot Maybe imagine. it's like a school function thing. Okay, but, but like, even the dance that they do later, I'm like, there's no way in H-E double hockey sticks that if Mrs. Kim but, knew okay, Lane but, was shaking her booty in front of people. listen. Lane also is a master at phrasing yes, things to Mrs. Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phrasing things to Mrs. Kim as if they're not like she called going to a concert going to a play. Yeah, you know I, mean? I yeah, bet yeah. you anything. Lane found a way. Well, that's okay. To make Let's it go work. back to the beginning of the episode. Rory asks when they when Lorelai says we're going to go see the Rock, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rory asks, "Can Lane come?" How would Mrs. Kim ever approve of the like? Again, I know Lane I've never is lying. Seen the Rocky Horror okay, Picture the Rocky Show. Horror Picture Show is basically. Um, it's about a, like, these two kids, I'm going to talk about it later in Pop Culture Corner, but it's these two kids that they get stranded on the side of the road because they have, like, a flat tire or something, and they are, they stumble upon this transvestite doctor's house where they, like, meet all these, like, over-the-top characters, basically. And there's no way that Mrs. Kim, a, like, super hardcore religious person I think would be okay with that. there's just a lot of situations where Mrs. Kim doesn't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Maybe she does and then just pretend she doesn't I don't know think she, I, don't, I don't think Mrs. Kim can pretend that she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I think Lane probably obviously lies, lies about it, but, like, the fact that Rory would bring that up and offer... Again, it goes back to that whole concert thing. How does... Lorelai allow this to get into you happening even though she got mad at Rory for lying to her about something that she knew Mrs. Kim would not be okay with like mm-hmm. it's just it's one of those things that is like a, this big plot hole that keeps coming up and just drives me bonkers I don't know why it just bothers me yeah that's another one of the big plot holes but but yes I don't understand how she became a cheerleader and Mrs. Kim either A doesn't know or B is okay with it it seems like a very interesting choice I could see choice. Lane being like it's the gymnastics or something you know I don't know because I mean like even dancing in like so again we, I was grew, gonna up, say, like, we grew up in a very religious like schooling situation where like we could not dance y'all like we did not have school dances it was not allowed because dancing led to pregnancy like that's literally the joke that people would say because that was kind of like what the standard of dancing was Mm -hmm. or like what they said dancing like caused so the fact that like mrs kim i can only imagine like she was much strict she's much stricter than like our parents were Mm -hmm. and like our religious schooling was so I'm just like, how is this like again? I don't have anything against cheerleading, but like, but yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't. They're work. wearing like pretty short skirts and like dancing and shaking it in front of people. Like I feel like that's something Mrs. Kim would not approve mm-hmm. of, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, Laura, uh, so we get to the inn and Lorelai is still calling people, trying to get a loan, and it's not happening. And Michelle <laughs> recommends that she basically do some not so appropriate things in order to make this money to, which I'm to like, make ends meet oh my gosh so I thought about selling my eggs when I was in college to make ends meet so you know you know you gotta do what you gotta do positions. you know Emily calls and it's basically like I talked to this guy at our bank or like an old friend and I set up okay. a meeting so here's how I feel about this part of me is like wow the your first thought is, wow, Emily understands that Lorelai needs to do this, like, without, like, I wouldn't say without her help, but, like, without the money being from her. Yes. With, with as little help from Emily as possible, right? Right. And so she's setting up this meeting with a banker, has put in a good word so that Lorelai can get, get a loan. Yes. 
all things considered, it seems very nice. Right. But Emily doesn't quite know how to back off. No. Like, although... But again, Emily is also... So I keep going back and forth in this one. Emily's also in the real world and realizes that nobody is going to give Lorelai right. this loan on her own. And, and it also and affects Lorelai, worry. Yeah, and, and because Emily now knows about it, she's worried about yes. them. Naturally so. And so Emily knows she's not going to get the money on her own, and she's not going to take the money from Emily. So in Emily's head, the second best thing is she gets a loan by co-signing it. To be fair. Which, to be honest, I think that Emily is trying to do the right thing by Lorelai. I do too. Even if there are motives behind it, which we do find out later there are, I think that this is probably the best option that could have been taken. exactly. In my opinion, her taking this loan that her mom is going to co-sign on, to me, is much more appropriate than than her borrowing $15,000 from her friend. Yeah. Like, not her boyfriend. No. Not her fiancé. Not her husband. Like, even if he has the money and he offers it. Her friend seems... Slightly inappropriate. Especially somebody that she knows is in love with her. Yes. And has not, I wouldn't say oh, he, okay. we, I guess he we kind all, of has. We all the go back and forth about whether or not she actually believes She knows he feels her. something for her. She, she's got to know, know that. I don't know. And and I don't know, maybe there's other countries where this is seen as appropriate, but just the way I was raised, I do not feel like it's appropriate no. to borrow $15,000 from a friend. Like, no, that feels, I don't know. Even if it was okay, my but best again, friend. Again, like, I don't know if I've ever been in, in, in a position where my house is going to fall down. Yeah. And maybe desperate times call for desperate measures. But again, Lorelai has another option. A much more right. appropriate option. Like, yeah. And the thing is, again, also if I was taking... That would be... It, it's also not just taking money from a friend. It's taking money from a friend that she knows has feelings for her. And that could be... It's just... Da- it could be dangerous exactly. in a lot of different ways. And I feel like that's why it's even more inappropriate than if yes. it were just a good friend. Yes. Like, it, it would be different I don't know. like part of me, Yeah, I know. Part of me... That's what I was just about to say. Part of me feels like it would be a little bit... It would feel a little bit more appropriate if she was borrowing it from Suki. Yeah. There's just... Because the dilemma b- between her and Luke is the way it is, it just feels Doesn't wrong. feel right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. So, she agrees to go... To the bank. Or, well, no, she says she's not going to. She's like, I'm not going to this meeting that you've set up, basically. And she's like, well, he's going to be there whether you are or not. Yeah. So, think about it. So, Rory finally runs into Lane on her own in her cheerleading outfit and is like, can we talk? Okay, are they in a fight that I missed? Okay, no, Rory is Rory. I I tried to say Lorelai and Rory at the same time. Rory says earlier in the episode that Lane's been really distant and hard to get a hold of recently. Okay. Lane later on explains it as basically Rory has a lot. She's gone a lot. Yeah. You know, Lane used to go to school with Rory every single day. Yes. See her at school, outside of school. A lot right. of times who you see at school tends to be who you spend most of your time right. with because it's where you're at all day and you're forced to do things together. But like how much time has passed between the Bracebridge dinner and this episode? Because I don't feel like it's been, it's still winter. But also have so they been distant before that and she just came to the Bracebridge dinner? I don't remember them being but distant. It, it, maybe also this started before that and she's been keeping it from her. Basically maybe. the point is, is that Lane has been trying to get into things at her school so she can have company basically when Rory's gone, which I don't think is wrong and I understand. Yeah. And you know, the sad part about it is the downside, and I say this from a fam coming from a family who is very opinionated, the downside of being overly opinionated and sometimes people need to just keep their thoughts to themselves mm-hmm. is you ostracize people. Yeah. You know, people who might find an interest in something that you are like, all cheerleaders are horrible or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? And so Lorelai and Rory have made it very clear what their thoughts are on a lot of things. Yeah. And there's some things that maybe that they haven't even specifically talked about, like this is stupid, but you just know from the things that the other things they talked right. about. So whether or not Lorelai and Rory outrightly said that cheerleaders are dumb or cheerleading is dumb, they've made it clear through a lot of their other opinions that they wouldn't like cheerleaders. Right. Well, so, Lane, Rory says, like, you and I used to make fun exactly. of the cheerleaders. So. And so Lane is here feeling like she needs to keep something from her best friend just so basically she can make friends. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a definite reminder in real life to not be so hateful on groups of people that you don't know or understand. Yeah. And also, you reserve the right to change your mind about exactly. things. And people shouldn't judge people you People can change their minds. Like, yeah. let's just move on, yeah. you know? So, 
they basically like get into a little kind of argument and Lane runs off and then she's like, I forgot my palm. <laughs> palm palms? No. Two palms is a palm palm. One is a palm. Yeah, which I didn't know, which makes total sense. I didn't know sense. that either. I mean, I knew it after I watched, after I watched the show, but. So we get to the house. Okay. I would like to point out here. So Luke is again helping Lorelai. She's called him to help to, for basically a second opinion to look at the termite damage. Why did she just call him in the first place? Why would you ever trust Kirk over Luke? Because I, I don't think that she called Kirk. I think she called a termite company. And Kirk, remember Kirk's held like a yes, billion dollars? Yes, but like, if Kirk were to show up, I feel also, like I would maybe call Luke right Maybe it's because she panicked and she needed to call someone right away. Yeah, that's true. And Luke is not available all but the time. But usually Luke is the first person she calls when she panics. So also, it's kind of funny I can't decide her glasses if I love them or they remind me of glasses that Mrs. Claus would wear. Yeah, I do always wonder why she wears glasses in certain scenes. I think the 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 thought is she wears contacts normally. I right. Think, isn't there an episode where she talks about something? Well, she says she doesn't wear contacts. Getting stuck in her contact? Are, are they talking about well, colored when contacts? When Rachel asks about her eyes, she says she doesn't. But is she talking about colored contacts? I don't know. That was the, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I agreed. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Or maybe it's just because she doesn't, She's one of those people who doesn't have bad enough eyesight to need glasses all the time that only wears them sometimes. But yeah, I just am like, why didn't she just call Luke to begin with to look at this? Um, And then Luke is basically like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, I can get you a contractor, a guy that did work at the diner to come out and help you. And she's like, well, what, what would that cost me? And he's like, well, you don't have to pay right up front. Basically, Luke is, she's like, susses it out that he is offering her a loan that she could pay back at any time. And to Lorelai's credit... At least here, obviously we know better later, but at least here, she's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking your money. That would not be appropriate, like, not happening. And so she decides to go to the bank. Yes. So she shows up the bank, and of course, Emily is there, and she's going to walk out, and Emily's like, just hear the guy out, basically, like, talk to him. He already knows that we're here. Like, it would be weird. (laughs) This is the worst part, is that she walks in, and Emily is sitting there. Yeah. But again... Emily full on knows that she's not going to qualify for the loan on her own. Right. Well, and to be fair, it would be kind of weird to set up a meeting between your daughter and your friend and also not potentially be there over something like this. I can sort of understand Emily's thought process is like, I'm setting this up with a friend of mine to do you a favor and I don't show up. Yeah, I feel like like it's just kind of complicated. That does seem Also because Emily doesn't work. But also... People could say Emily should know Lorelai well enough to know that Lorelai's not going to want should. her. But again, Emily I repeat myself for the yeah. 15th time. I think Emily full on knows she's not going to get it without she her. She does. So they go into the meeting and Lorelai's like, basically, I just want you to be silent. Like, I don't want you to talk. I want to do this just like any average person. And so when the guy that she meets with basically is like talking to Emily, she's like, can you just pretend that my mother is just a silent partner here and treat me like anybody else that would walk in off the street? And he does to his credit. He's like, okay, I'm looking at all your stuff. And basically like, I'm sorry, I can't offer you a loan. Like you don't have enough money or collateral or whatever. And she's like, what can I do? Like, I, like you gotta be able to, I cannot leave here without this money. And he's like, your only option is to co-sign. And Lorelai gets mad at Emily about it, but it's like, Lorelai, like, he's he's telling you the truth. The only way you're going to get this is if you get a cosign. And Emily, yes, she knew that. But that's why she's there. You know, and she's happy to help you with that. So basically, Emily agrees to sign, to do co-signing on the loan. Which also, like, if I was Lorelai, this still feels, like you said, like a better option than, like, taking the money outright from them or taking the money from Luke. Yeah. It does. It just feels like a better option. But she loathes her mom so much that she would rather take the worst option. Yeah. Which I will say there's definitely arguments for both sides here. Do you I will say though, it feels a little bit like Emily gloats. And I don't love that. Like I want to root for Emily here and be like, you're being a good Oh yeah, mom. no, Emily can be very immature. But the fact that she gloats about it does make me a little frustrated. I'm like, I want to love you, Emily, but you just keep doing these things. I'm like, you're supposed to be the adult here. I know. You know what I mean? Like, granted, yes, Lorelai should also be an adult, but... Also, this man's comb over is... <laughs> a real it's more winner. of a comb back, actually. Yeah. Uh, they're, the basketball team of... The Stars Hollow High basketball team is debuting their new jerseys. Right. And it's like negative however many... De- it's right. freezing outside. Right. Cleaned by trickies. Trickies. If it's sticky... 
Try trickies. Um, and so Taylor's basically telling them they need to take off their warm-ups so they could show off their their new outfits. New outfits. They also and have like the, you've got to be kidding. It's freezing. They also have the someone from the Chicago Bulls, but he he wasn't like a coach for the Chicago Bulls. He, he was like a or financial ad- uh, advisor or something. Yep. And I'm like. How is he going to know that Coach Shaq who? He's yeah, a Shaq who. I do love that. So, and then the cheerleading squad comes out and does a routine. And, you know, Rory watches Lane do it. And this is where Lorelai finds out Also, that, okay, the town is not that large. Why couldn't they have done this in the gym? I don't know. Like, I they obviously know. have a gym. And again, this is one of This is like a group of, like, 25 yeah, people. Seriously. Like, also, again, I'm like, this is like, Mrs. Kim's can see this from her antique store. How does she no, not because see she's this? Meditating on the Bible right now, Rochelle, <laughs> and going to bed at a nice early hour. I suppose. But then where is Lane? It's dark. Outside. I'd be like, where's Lane? Because you know that she She's at a school function, Rochelle. Sure, sure, sure. Lorelai or Lorelai basically is like, I don't need you to fight these battles for me. I'm the mom. When I say that I will do something for us, I will do it. And she's like, this fight is over, whatever. You know, like they basically make up and they're fine. So then the squad finishes their routine and Rory basically comes up to Lane and is like, apologizes to her. Rory and Lane make up and Rory's like, you know, do cheerleaders drink coffee? And I love Lane's like, coffee's must. It keeps you perky, which perky. I, I love. Yep. So so we're at Friday night dinner and Lorelai follows her mom into the kitchen because they're not really talking. And she basically like apologizes to her mom and is like, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't want to take the money from you. I don't like asking for help from people, especially you guys, you know that. And, you know, basically just apologizes to her mom in typical Lorelai fashion. She recognizes that she was wrong. She tries to make it up and make it better. And, you know, of course, Emily's strings come out. She says, by the way, I like that she accepts her apology and she says, by the way, I'm having all of my DAR meetings at the, at end, the end from now on. Yep. So, again, Lorelai is not wrong about how Emily always has strings for things. And that's why it's really hard to judge anything Emily does as sincere because you all, like, you know that there's going to be strings attached. So, unsolicited advice. I believe it's my turn this week. I am going to give advice to Rory, which I kind of already did, basically, and just say, Rory... If your mom tells you that she can handle it and she's the adult, yes, I understand that the lines are often blurred between you two, but if Lorelai says that she can handle something and you know that your mother is stubborn about things and you've seen how her relationship is between her parents and that they're, like, she knows her parents better than you do and there are strings and Mm -hmm. that's been proven, like, there's a track record with that, you need to respect that. Regardless of whether she's your mom or your best friend, it doesn't matter. If she says that she wants to take care of something I mean, on her own. I mean, even if she was your best friend, it'd almost be worse. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. So I think, my yeah, my advice to Rory is when somebody, especially your mother slash your best friend, tells you, I want to take care of this on my own, even if you them. think it's if it's a dumb idea, unless she's like physically hurting yeah. herself or someone else, let, let her do it. Yeah. You know, she'll come to that conclusion on her own eventually. And then if she doesn't and it does put somebody in harm's way, then... You know, step in. Step in. Yeah. Anyway, That's my advice. My good good advice. I think mm. it's time for a pop culture corner. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Lorelai mentions that the PSATs are basically like the baby gap. Um, so the gap is a American worldwide clothing and accessories retailer uh, founded in 1969 and is headquartered in San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. And then the baby gap is basically just like... A spinoff that for, sells Yes, baby, baby clothes. Stuff. Exactly. Baby outfits. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is mentioned. It's a 1975 cult classic about sweethearts Brad and Janet, who stuck with a flat tire during a storm, discover the eerie mansion of Dr. Frankenfurter, a transvestite scientist. I believe Rory says it's a Nancy Drew mystery. Um, first published in 1930, the Nancy Drew mystery stories by Carolyn Keene. No, no, no. Um, Louise says it. Or, oh. Uh, Mar- uh, Madeline says it? Madeline says it. They're talking about boys. You're right. Boys it's a Nancy Drew mystery. mystery. You're right. So Carolyn Keene is actually a pseudonym. They don't really know who wrote Nancy Drew series. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, but it was written as a counterpart, counterpart, female counterpart to the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Which, by the way, I've read all of Nancy Drew and I've read all the Hardy Boys books. 
Very proud of that fact. I used to own all of the Nancy yeah, Drew books. And Brent owned all the Hardy Boys, and I read them all. I never read any of them, I don't oh, think. They were good. I loved uh, I loved I feel Nancy like I Drew. I read a Nancy Drew book about a lighthouse. But you again, know, I was like young, a that lot was younger a good one at that too. point. Honestly, I enjoyed the Nancy Drew books, and I enjoyed the Hardy Boy books. I think that they're fun reads. Um, they have sold over 70 million copies and become a cherished part of our cultural landscape. The Teenage Sleuth has been a noted inspiration for generations of women, including Sandra Day O'Connor and Hillary Clinton, who we know are two people that are mentioned very frequently in, in the this, show. In this yeah. show. I believe Lorelai mentions uh, the slogan, It's Miller Time. Uh, that's the slogan of Miller Lite, the beer company. Suki says we can watch Purple Rain. This is a 1984 American rock musical drama film scored by and starring Prince in his acting debut. Lorelai says, I even thought about opening a Coyote Ugly lemonade stand. This is a reference to the 2000 film Coyote Ugly, starring such people as Tyra Banks, Bridget Moynihan, and John Goodman. Lorelai played Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. This is a 1964 musical about Tevya, a milkman in the village of Anatevka, who attempts to maintain his Jewish religious and cultural traditions as outside influences encroach upon his family's lives. If you'll remember, Kirk later goes on to reprise the role of Tevya mm-hmm. in the Stars Hollow, what, middle school Middle school production, production. of Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Do I love you? <laughs> Xerox is mentioned. Xerox Holdings Corporation is an American corporation that sells print and digital document products and services in more than 160 countries. We know that Jackson's cousin worked for Xerox. That's why he has those pajamas. There's a mention of, uh, it was like a scene from Silkwood. This is a 1983 film based on the true story of Karen Silkwood, played by Meryl Streep, who works at a nuclear facility along with her boyfriend, Drew Stevens, played by Kurt Russell, and their roommate, Dolly Pelliker, played by Cher. Rory says some people even asked her if they were atheists. Uh, Atheism is an absence of belief in the existence of deities. I believe Lorelai says, mentions hanging or hang out with the Corys. The two Corys, also known as the Corys, are actors Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Feldman and Haim were child actors during the 1980s, and they were close friends. Lorelai at Friday Night Dinner says that um, she has a touch of the vapors and is going to have a leeching later, or is Mm -hmm. going to a leeching later. In archaic usage, the vapors is a mental, psychical, or physical state, such as hysteria, mania, clinical depression, bipolar disorder, lightheadedness, fainting, flush, withdrawal syndrome, mood swings, or PMS, in which a sufferer loses mental focus. And leeching was a practice where doctors uh, used leeches for blood le- bloodletting, basically to initiate blood flow or de- deplete blood from a localized area of the body. There's a mention of Robert Benchley at the Algonquin. Robert Benchley was an American humorist best known for his work as a newspaper columnist and film actor. The Algonquin Roundtable was a group of New York City writers, critics, actors, and wits gathering initially as part of a practical joke. Members of the Vicious Circle, as they dubbed themselves, met for lunch every day at the Algonquin Hotel from 1919 until roughly 1929. At these luncheons, they engaged in wisecracks, wordplay, and witticisms that through the newspaper columns of round table members were disseminated across the country. Lorelai says, I'm like the pink bunny with the drum. This is a reference to the Energizer bunny who beats on a drum for Energizer's battery Just commercials. Going. Fun fact, that was my nickname in high school on my volleyball team. Oh. I was the Energizer bunny. Uh, Lorelai says, like, what, like I'm Tony Soprano? Uh, this is a reference to Anthony John Soprano Sr., a fictional character in, and the protagonist in the HBO television drama series The Sopranos, portrayed by James Gandolfini. She says something about pulling a full-on Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is an American lawyer who serves as an associate justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. He was nominated by President George H.W. Bush to succeed Thurgood Marshall and has since served since 1991. What a name, my child, Thurgood. Thurgood, what a name. What a name. That's a strong name. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big name to live up to, man. Yeah. Lorelai says, Alice Powell, right to the moon. This is a reference to Randolph Cramden, played by Jackie Gleason in the TV show The Honeymooners. His catchphrase was, to the moon, Alice. The Chicago Bulls are mentioned. Uh, This is Chicago, Illinois' basketball team, uh, and famously Michael Jordan played for the Bulls. (laughs) Taylor, as Morgan mentioned, says Shaq who. This is a reference to Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, a basketball player who played for, among some other the teams, Lakers, the Lakers, the Heat. Miami Heat, et cetera, et cetera. He has a doctorate. He does. He he's does also in a bunch of com- He's in a bunch of commercials. He does more than that. He does a pizza commercial. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, who is that, like, Round Table or somebody. He does, yeah, he does Icy Hot. He does another one, too. Oh, the, the, he also the general. A, um, he's in the general commercials. He's also a uh, police officer, I yes, believe. Yes, I believe Florida, so. Yeah. I think. 
or he's a sworn in police officer. Uh, yeah, it's not like know. I'm practicing. Can you imagine thing. getting pulled over by, <laughs> by Shaq? Shaq? I don't think Shaq, he'd be too tall for like a typical police car, I, know, right? I feel like. Uh, John Waters is mentioned. John Waters is an American filmmaker, actor, writer, and artist born and raised in Baltimore who rose to fame in the early 1970s for his transgressive cult films. And lastly, Rory says, you got the cheerleading squad to do a routine to madness. This is a song by Muse. So pretty short pop culture corner this week. Uh, again, apologies that I didn't put the PSATs in there. My bad. No big deal. But I feel like uh, I feel like there was not a lot to say, but I had a lot to say on something that didn't even happen in this yeah, episode. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and that's it for us today for Pop Culture Corner. So as always, please follow us on Instagram if you're not already at Friday Night Dinner Pod. You can uh, react to our episodes there by DMing us or commenting or just letting us know what you thought. Uh, you can also email us, Friday Night Dinner Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts on the show, your unpopular opinions, uh, how much you disagree or agree with us, whatever it is, we, we'll take it. And um, you might even get featured on an episode, upcoming episode. So we like to read those. For, I feel uh, like now I need to frequently say this is Morgan when I talk. <laughs> for those of you who might not be able to tell us apart, but this yeah. is Morgan. Oh, I thought you had something to follow up Well, with we that. say it at the beginning, like, <laughs> this is Morgan, and you go, this is Rochelle, but, like, you know, just... Now you've confused I'm, me because you said my name in your voice. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just feel like now, from now on, in multiple episodes, I'm going to try and do a better job of being, like, Morgan here before I start talking. <laughs> You're going to be like a radio... Morgan oh, here. hi, Zuko here. Um, for those of you who watch that show. That's great. Uh, Ten points to whoever comes back and names that show. But okay. anyways... Yeah. Anyways, well, yes, please follow us on Instagram. Email us at Friday Night Dinner Podcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we will see you next time in Stars Hollow. See you then. Bye. Bye.